Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've got a special guest, well he's on, but we've got him back and I cannot wait to welcome him back. He's in for a huge season. Last year was a big one, I think this year is going to be even bigger. We've got Random Stats Guy joining us. Mate, what weird shit have you been up to? Mate, obviously a pretty dry uh, off season, if, if I do say myself, keeping my head out of the books because I do go down some dark rabbit holes. But I've come back in 2022 bigger and better than ever. I've created these all these formulas to try and dictate how a player plays and all that sort of stuff. So using um, as much stats as I can to get a good grasp and show a different perspective on a lot of players whilst also finding some random ass shit that really gets, um, as as you said on the bloke, bloke podcast, dicks extended. So <laughs> um, that's what I've been up to the, the, the last couple of weeks. And man, I'm, thank God the footy season's back because it was a, it was a tough struggle during that off season, pulling up some random stuff. Now, mate, you did mention that you've got your formulas that you use and um, I don't know how to put it, but a little pat on the back for you that your formula that you use for the NRLW team of the week based on your stats, mate, it turned out to be, was it the exact one to 13 or one to 17 uh, that they picked in their team of the week? Yeah, it was the exact, almost the exact one to 13. They actually had um, uh, Mosby from the Broncos as a winger in there. I thought Tegan Berry statistically was was much better, but what, 12 out of 13 isn't too bad. Mate, that's it. That's inc- I mean, it, it just puts some evidence behind the formula that you're using. I mean, I, I was, mate, I had to put together a dream team, or oh, like a, a best of the week team today for Kempi's podcast. And God, it's hard to do. It is so hard to pick between guys. And you know you're never going to get it right with, with, with the fans and whatnot. But, mate, with what you do, there's a, there's a real statistical backing to it. Explain to us how do you pick your team of the week? Yeah, and I've had plenty of questions come through from a lot of fans asking um, how the formula is done. It is similar to that super uh, coach model. This way around, though, I've put out a few stats that I think pulls a few players. With that super coach model, you see a lot of wingers come out as player of the match, which everyone knows is probably undeserving. So I kind of reduce the amount that a try is worth, um, 
not too much, but enough. It's still one of the top point scorings that any player can get. But I really value the hit-up meters. Um, I take back the kick return meters because they're some easy gains. Um, and I also uh, uh, give some give something back to the halves with some kick return meters, um, force dropouts and stuff like that. So that's what I've been really working on. Um, trying to reward the front rowers, the halves, who sometimes in these in these super coach games get lost out and you see the, the wingers score like 150 points when really it was off the back of the hard work from the halves. Now, mate, I, I actually just just thought about it off the dome. I thought as you're going, I might go through my team of the week that I came up with on Bloke in a Bar and see how many we have that cross over this week. So this team is based on round one. I'll read out mine. Rando will then tell us the real answer, who statistically was the best for each position. Mine is Vibe and Vibe alone. At fullback, I had Dylan Edwards. I'm anticipating you'll tell me Edwards or Pappy. Who have we got? I've got Dylan Edwards as well. 344 meters. Um, the stat was that basically that's one of the top ones we've seen. I think there's only three players above him. Uh, Clint Gufson, Roger Tuovasashek, and of course, Jason Taumalolo to run more meters in a game. He had 31 runs. That is insane stuff from Dylan Edwards. Um, and 105 post-contact meters as well, which I value really highly with my formula. Mate, let's dive into the wingers. And um, I assume Ravalawa will be one of them solely because scored three meters. The other one be a, a, a few of a number of guys. I went with Ravalawa and I went with Phil Sammy. Who have you got? got Ravalawa and Dominic Young. I think Dominic Young had a really good game for the Newcastle Knights, was completely undervalued. So that was my one. And Ravalawa, well, that's just a given. A hat-trick of tries, um, plenty of metres gained as well. How good is he? Um, you can't really go away from from Ravalawa on that one. Just out of interest, what points, if you've got it there, did Ravalawa end up on, for example? Uh, Ravalawa, for me, I'm just going to have a quick squeeze he had 119 points of mine. So the top player was 129. I'll get to him shortly. Um, but Ravalawa, he had 119.3, which is a, I obviously base off the, the top player is 100. So he got a score of a 90, 92. Right, impressive. Let's move to the centers. I assume Dane Gagai will be one of them. I hope Dane Gagai is one of them anyway. I thought he was a standout. The other center, I think it could be one of a number of guys I went for a little bit bias. I went Isaac Tago there. Who have you got in the centers? Hey, a bit controversial. I've gone Dan Gaga, of course, 200 run meters. Really good game for the Newcastle Knights. Stephen Crichton is who I've gone with. I've gone on the other side. Targo running around 80 meters for that game. Meanwhile, Stephen Crichton, 149 meters and also scored that try on top of it. I know Targo also, also got a try as well, but... I think just the run meters was a bit more for, for Stephen Crichton, and that's where the stats came through and, and gave him a better score. It was one thing that I noticed. I was very surprised at the end of that game. I mean, I, I, I think Tago ran for um, 85, whatever. I was a bit surprised compared to the other guys on that list that he, he was the lowest by a, a fair whack too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you had players like Yo and Martin who, who ran upwards of 100. Um, also with uh, Sean O'Sullivan as well running almost about the same amount as Targo as well. So plenty of run meters for the Panthers. So Targo was definitely not up the top of there, but obviously a great game, especially to the to the naked eye as well. Sean O'Sullivan might have run the slowest 80 meters I've ever seen on Friday night, just quietly. Looks like me in reverse. Uh, let's move to my 5'8". I've got Jack Whiten, uh, 148 meters. I think he had a force dropout uh, and a try. Who was your six? 
Whiten as well. I thought he had a great game for the Canberra Raiders in his game 200. And the stats back that up. 115 metres for a half, which is really impressive. Um, four tackle breaks on top of that. 19 tackles and obviously that try as well. And also looking at his try involvement too in the lead up to that final um, that final match winner. Now, this is the guy I probably would have tipped to be the highest scorer. The seven, is it Jerome Hughes? No, actually no. not. I've got Sean O'Sullivan as my player of the week in terms of statistical performance. Good God. Three, Did not see that three. coming. Proceed. Absolutely. No one had him in the team of the week, and I don't think the NRL will either, but three line break assists, two, line, two tackle assist, try assists, sorry, 28 tackles, 385 kick meters and a forced dropout were some of the highlights for Sean O'Sullivan in that Penrith Manly game. He actually pipped Daly Cherry Evans, who was my second player, um, second halfback, which would surprise a lot of people. But Cherry ran for 100 metres, 24 tackles, four tackle breaks, and kicked for around 550 metres with two forced dropouts. So a really good kicking game um, and also a good running game from Daly Cherry Evans. Where was Jerome Hughes? Was he third? He was definitely third. Can, can, can admit that. What a kick in the dick for Hughesy. Good God. All right, let's move to our front rowers. Um, Payne Haas, he has to absolutely shit in as one of them, I assume. Yes, a lock straight in there. He was the second best player on of the week for the NRL. Now, have you been doing these stats last year as well by any chance? Actually haven't, but I have drawn a bit of, based off Supercoach, I haven't really done it fully, but based off the Supercoach stats that I brought on, that's where I get their player ratings. But this year, this is a new formula, so definitely a different sort of sort of style. It'll be interesting to see how Payne Haas' game on the weekend, which was unbelievable. Three tackle breaks, four offloads, 45 tackles, almost 200 metres, how that stacks up compared to other games in the future. The other front rower, I probably doubt that he will be your pick. I just, I just think he's just a massive alpha. James Fisher-Harris, absolutely love everything about him. But I've got a feeling, if I had to guess someone, I think you might go like a Luke Thompson maybe. Who, who have you got? I've got uh, I've got Josh Papali'i. I've Papali. actually got another another enforcer here. Seven tackle breaks for Josh. Fifty-one post contact meters. One hundred thirty-seven meters all up, as well as twenty-one tackles with no miss for the Canberra Raiders. So he might not have a huge amount of meters, um, but man, he his tackle busts and, and and those tackles without a miss really helped him. Good God! Now when I get to hooker. Um, I thought there was a number of nines that had really good games here. I wouldn't be surprised if you said any of Appy, Blake Braley, Reed Marnie. There, there's a number of guys that really stood up this weekend. I went with Appy. Um, I thought it was really hard to leave Reed out. I thought his performance was really good. Although his Supercoach score was a lot lower than what I anticipated. But I did think Jeremy Marshall King was a real low-key smoky as far as this went. Who, who's your hooker, mate? I had Appy as my one. Um, I had him for one try, obviously 67 meters, a try assist and 36, 30 tackles, sorry, at a 91 tackle uh, percentage, which was really impressive. But Blake Braley, got to give kudos to him. He was um, he was very close there to, to Appy Corusau, just missed out by about three um, rating points, if you will. Yeah, lovely. Let's move to the second row. I feel like this one is where there can probably be the biggest variables as far as these. I mean, I'll be confident that I probably don't get either of these. Actually, I might get the first one. I thought Kate Wall, a try assist, a line break assist. I don't know how many points you give for a field goal. Hopefully it's a thousand. Did Kate Wall get a bait? Actually didn't. And I'm looking now at my top 20 and he hasn't actually featured there. He's around like, oh, geez. I can't even see him in the top 30, unfortunately. Wow. 
Jeez, huge. Okay. Who have you got? Uh, my other one was Kick Out. Me after this one. Yeah, right. Fuck, that's, a, that's awesome. My other one was Kick Out. Uh, I'm also confident that if Cable's not there, he probably won't be there. Who have you got? I kept Kick Out as well. He actually finished number six on the second rowers list. Three second rowers took my bench, um, of course. So there was some really good second rowers out there. I had a starting, and I know for some people who know I'm a Cowboys fan, it's not a bias. These are the actual rating systems, but I had Tom Gilbert um, as one of the starting second rowers, 158 meters, 47 tackles um, and one try. And he came off the bench for the Cowboys as well, which was really astounding. I don't feel Um, bad for not getting that. (laughs) And my other one is Liam Martin, one try, 114 meters and 34 tackles. But really Josh Curran, Hudson Young and Teague Wilton, only one point separated each of those players as well. You got, uh, Josh Curran, 40 tackles. Hudson Young, obviously, that try. 26 tackles at 124 metres. And Teague Wilton, a really impressive game from, from the Sharks' second row. Good. I had Curran and Liam Martin on, on my bench, so that fills me with a bit of confidence. <laughs> um, I'm pretty confident I'll get 13. It has to be uh, Isaiah Yo, doesn't it? It's down, absolutely. 38 tackles, zero misses, three offloads, and 181 metres from Isaiah Yo. We know him as a ball-playing lock. Usually loves his receipts, loves to set it down, but he actually um, only threw one pass out of all of his um, out of all of his possessions this time around, and he carried the ball forward and really um, really made some strong meters for Penrith. Mate, one guy I want to ask you about. Oh, wait, ha- have you got a bench as well? I basically said my bench: Curran, Cherry Evans, Young, and Wilton. Yeah, right. One guy I want to ask you about: Where? How did Jake Clifford score on your? on your stat sheet because he was one that I was really impressed with on the weekend. Absolutely. He got a good rating score of about 70. He was just behind Nico Hines, um, behind Jack Wyden, who was my 5'8 um, of the week. So really highly rated. Like that. We might have to do that every week just quietly. Uh, I kind of like that. that was I really reckon by the job. end of the year, I'll start to pick up on your system just quietly. I will improve. <laughs> Mate, let's go through the games uh, from round one. Most of these you've got some pretty cool stats for. Let's kick off with the Penrith Panthers and the Manly Seagulls. Uh, mate, the Manly Seagulls, they're not huge fans of round one, just quietly. I'll tell you what, mate. 2013 was the last time they had a win in the season opener, and they still haven't beaten a New South Wales-based team in round one in the NRL era, which is absolutely incredible. It's why... I could only put money on Penrith, but then again, everything I put money on turned to shit besides that. So Manly's, um, hit their record is pretty atrocious. And one real stat that might actually uh, be pretty hard to hear for Manly fans and probably the Hallow Sport Boys as well is that no team in the NRL era has won the comp from last place in round one. Um, and I'm also up to 1967 through that stat. And I still haven't found a team who's, been last at round one and even made the grand final. Good God. That's a big one, isn't it? Oh man, that could, that could erupt. That could really erupt. Nah, Tom and Eddie will not like that at all. Mate, tell me about Dylan Edwards. Yeah. I spoke about this earlier. Dylan Edwards, 344 meters, 31 run meters. It's one behind Jason Taumalolo who holds the record for a forward for most meters in a game with 345. Obviously, Edwards still behind Guffo and Roger Tuavasa-Shek. Guffo with 369, RTS with 368. Guffo obviously running for 369 metres in that Parramatta Eels-Dragons game last season. Um, and that's the record at the moment. But 
still to crack 300 plus meters is, is no main feat from Dylan Edwards. Probably the furthest of Penrith Panthers run in a single game. Mate, 344 meters. He didn't play any, any trials off the top of my head. That's his first hit out this year since yeah, the grand absolutely. final, which he carried an injury for the last six weeks of. Broke his foot as well. I mean, bloke's running like Forrest Gump. And, mate, I, I look back on that game, and granted, I was at our live show. It was pretty wasted. But I don't really recall Dylan Edwards making any long breaks or anything. He's just chipping away at that, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure he only made one line break the whole game. Um, wow. It's his 105 post-contact meters, which is absolutely insane to think that a play, player of his stature, you don't think he's making too many meters once it, there's uh, players around him. But, geez, a great performance from Dill Edwards. Mate, let's move to the Friday game, 6 p.m. We saw the Sharks take on the Canberra Raiders. The Raiders getting the Chockeys down there in the nation's capital. And the first state you've got, now, I'm not sure how closely you've been following my podcast over the years, but I have a little man crush on Matty Moylan, so uh, be careful here. Yeah, I'm very grateful that you allowed me to say this after after convincing you so hard. But unfortunately for Matt Moylan, it has been a pretty cursed stat for him and field goals. One in three field goals he kicks, his team goes on to lose that match. Um, we've seen it happen in 2015 and 2014, um, 2015 against Manly and then 2014 against the Broncos. And unfortunately it was this weekend um, against the Raiders, um, obviously getting pipped by pipped at the bell there by the Raiders and Hudson Young. Surely there wouldn't be many guys in their career that would have a stat like that. I mean, 33%. I mean, I know it's a low percentage, but that is a really high percentage in people who knock over field goals, which is, which is pretty ridiculous. Mate, uh, let's move to the Sharks hoodoo down there in the nation's capital. Uh, you, I remember back in the day, it used to be the Dragons for years. They, they, mate, they, they used to buy all these players from Canberra, go down there and still shit the bed. They were, they were pretty much running out with the Canberra Raiders' side. Tell me about the Sharkies' record down there. Hey, they are just absolutely atrocious at the moment. That's a seventh loss um, in a row, which is their current longest losing streak of um, all the teams they've played. Um, so definitely, definitely a terrible stat for the Sharks. I kind of saw that when I was doing my tipping and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I won't go against them. But I thought, you know, stats were meant to be broken. Boy, with I wrong, the stats are always right. Mate, take me to the late game on Friday night. We saw the Brisbane Broncos with a huge upset against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Field goal kicked by none other than Kurt Capewell. All the talk in the preseason was Adam Reynolds. He's the guy to turn it all around. A field goal specialist. If I had to rely on anyone to kick a field goal in rugby league, it's probably Adam Reynolds. Get Kirk Catewell steps up, delivers game one, and good God, he kicked the living shit out of it, didn't he? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the banter here. Adam Reynolds averages like something like five field goals a season and Kurt Capewell's already up one nil on him. Um, he's the fourth second rower, actually, in the NRL era to kick a field goal. Braith and Nasta, the last player in that qualifying final against the Tigers. And then you had uh, Ian Hindmarsh and Jason Smith back in 1998 was the other player. Another eel, of course. Kurt Capel on top of that was also the first Broncos captain 
since Brody Croft, obviously in 2020, but there's only been two captains that have uh, been the captain on their club debut, which is a very interesting stat. And just kind of shows where the Broncos are at a club, how they don't really trust their own um, to come up anymore. I mean, it used to be a, a crown, really, that captaincy for the Broncos. And, well, obviously, Kirk Capel, a much more senior player than Brody Croft was at his time, but definitely uh, an interesting stat nonetheless. Mate, I absolutely love hearing the name Jason Smith again. It's been far too long. And, geez, the Brody Croft captaincy days, a dark, dark time. Tell me about the Bunnies coach, mate. Jason Dimitru obviously had a, a poor start to his coaching career, obviously losing down to the Broncos. But the writing might have been on the wall, to be honest, because no rookie Rabbitohs coach has taken the Rabbitohs to a win at Suncorp in the NRL era. In fact, the last coach to do so was in 1995. It was Ken um, Shine, who only the Rabbitohs faithful will probably remember the name, but that's the last rookie Rabbitohs coach to, to win at Suncorp at, at his first attempt. Mate, let's dive into the Melbourne Storm and the West Tigers here. Oh, sorry. We'll, we'll go the Roosters versus the Knights first. Sorry, mate. Roosters, Knights, what do you got for me? Yeah, I think this one's for the Roosters faithful who are trying to hold on to something after that uh, disappointing loss um, against the Knights. Their last three premiership wins, they actually have lost the first round. And I know a few few memes have been going around about that, but that is a that is a big stat that a lot of Roosters fans will definitely be uh, sharing around the dinner table up until uh, that first weekend in October. Well, mate, I can confirm I did mention it on Bloke in a Bar today and Denham was far from impressed. I think it would have been better <laughs> coming from you just quietly. Uh, let's move to the Melbourne Storm taking on the West Tigers. What have you got for me here? An unbelievable game for Melbourne, losing so many troops and just in typical Melbourne fashion, they just find a way. What do you got? They're, they're usually allergic to round uh, to losing in round one, the Melbourne Storm, and their round one streak has increased now to 21 years. People know that they don't lose at round one, but I don't think many people know like the gravity of having that that win record. The next best in rugby league history is 10 games, and that's shared by four teams. It was Balmain in the 60s, Manly in the mid-60s to early 70s. Uh, the Broncos' first 10 round one games, they didn't lose either, and South's way back in the 1920s. So Melbourne, 21 years, the next best team, 10 years. And there's very few teams within who have a current streak within any range of that at the moment. So they've more than doubled the next best now. Yes, absolutely. More than doubled. Wow, that is incredible. And of course, you know, I mean, if you were to do it over 10 years, you could argue that's the same sort of group of players. 20 years, it's, uh, I mean, outside of Cam fucking Smith, it's a completely different ball game, isn't it? Incredible. Mate, Parramatta versus the Gold Coast, uh, about an 130-point game here. What have you got for me from this one? Yeah, plenty of points being scored. We'll start with the Titans, who uh, actually hold now the record for the most first-half points for a team to be trailing behind with 22 points. Now, I do uh, know that the Titans scored 22 points against the Broncos last season and weren't in the lead either. They were 22 all at halftime in that game to show the crazy half, but no other team has scored 20-plus points in the first half and uh, obviously not been leading the game. I'll call it a draw. I don't call it trailing. So that's the new record. Um, and last one is for poor old Sean Russell in that cursed Eels winger jersey. He was the second youngest player to score a hat-trick in the NRL era um, in round one. 
The next best, obviously, Latrell Mitchell in 2017, who was only 29 days older than Sean Russell. So a great feat there for Russell. And as the, as the game panned out, honestly, I thought he'd score four or five at that rate uh, that he was scoring. Mate, take me to the Cowboys v Bulldogs. I think you'll have a record here about how many people it, it uh, put to sleep on Sunday afternoon. What do you got for me? Your record crowd number of people being put to sleep and just the getting to turn off their tellies all night. Nah, in all seriousness, it's a very low-scoring game. We rarely see games like this. Uh, it's the Cowboys' lowest score at Townsville since round one, 2015. And I'm a big advocate for having Scott Drinkwater in that team. I don't know how he didn't even make the the 17, especially with Cotter being ruled out. I think that's where they find their points in 2022. But that's just a different story. The last time, obviously, they uh, conceded four points, uh, scored four points, sorry, was round one, 2015. And then the lowest score from that was another round one game in 2012 against the Titans when they were put to nil. And I unfortunately traveled uh, all the way up from Sydney to, to, to Townsville for that one. And it was my first game at Townsville, last, second last game at Townsville, and they lost to nil. So unbelievable. Um, and the Bulldogs losing score, um, it was their highest, sorry, winning, the lowest winning score um, since 2014 when they beat Melbourne to the same scoreline, 6-4. And so if Bulldogs faithfuls are listening to this, they're hearing, okay, we made the grand final in 2014. We just beat a team 6-4. We did that last in 2014. Therefore, we should be in the grand final. And yes, the stats say that. Let's just say that. Buy those tickets now, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Go on NRL.com now and, and get 10. Get 10 for the family. Mate, I thought the Hello Sport boys uh, on Thursday night absolutely nailed this game. They said this is the sort of game that if you're trying to get information out of someone and you need to torture them, make them watch this twice. And to be honest with you, they weren't all that far off. Mate, we appreciate you coming on. I'm going to lock you in and, and torture you into coming on here once a week to give all of your stats and everything. Where can people find you? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Where can we get you? Facebook and Instagram at Random Stats Guy for all the wildest and random stats. We also got a podcast on as well with our weekly rub down, your main natty, really good stuff. I mean, not this round, but the future, I'm sure we'll find some good, some gold, some gold bets. Mate, how on earth have you landed yourself a spot with those dribblers? I have no idea. Talk about fucking torture. Good God. <laughs> Apparently you passed my number. So now I'm stuck with <laughs> <laughs> oh, One of the greatest stitch ups of all time. Rando, mate, thank you for coming on once again. We look forward uh, to having you on next week uh, and I'm sure you'll get uh, even weirder as the season continues. Look forward to getting weirder and uh, enjoying my Monday nights with you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.